Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got the Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Unique New York. Oh, uh, hello. So we cannonball into the snooze fest of the international break in decent spirits after FPL game week seven, with strong scores seen across the board. Kaku leaves it late to register for many, whereas Kane scores his regulation brace away to the light captainers, including me. I'm joined today by Nick. How are you doing? Well, Tom, I'm feeling relieved by the game week. Out of the seven-figure doldrums and it's finally looking respectable. Don't act like you're not impressed. <laughs> and yeah, I've also wildcarded, so I've been doing a lot of tinkering so far this week, which I guess you actually do want to hear about, so let's get on with it. That's right, Nick. We are Who Got The Assist. Find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL, online at whogotassist.com and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash whogottheassist. Follow us and subscribe if you like what you hear and tell your friends about us, of course. In this pod, we'll run through this game week's key talking points, update you guys on the Dark Siders team and what we're doing with it. Yes, and linked to that, Nyon Watch is going to be sadly short yeah. this week. So instead, we'll also expand on the market forces sections beyond our FFS article, and we'll talk about the market in a little bit more depth. So let us know what you think, as well as, of course, Psychology Corner, and then we'll also take some of your community questions. Excellent. Uh, so Nick, how, how was your game week? Well, Tom, I managed to beat you by one point. I saw that. <laughs> which I know did. you were really annoyed about, because I think you thought you were going to finally beat me this I week. I know, I know. But, of course, uh, Mr. Hosselu, he turned up with a oh, <laughs> unbelievable. fluky, fluky goal. So I scored 71 points, mm. which um, I was very pleased with. Uh, I captained Lukaku instead of Kane, so that's probably the only regrettable yeah. decision that I made. Uh, but my front line all scores, Hosselu, Kane and Lukaku. My midfield was where I kind of let myself down because Ramsey only got three, Ali got two, Salah two. Oh, it's happening a lot but, though in the midfield, isn't it? Where the yeah, midfield just don't do anything. Exactly, and that's a common theme of this pod actually. We're yeah, going to be talking sure. about the weakness of midfield. But my defence, I managed to get three clean sheets and a Davies 16 points. So yeah, uh, yeah pretty got- good all in all. I got that as well. So I, I had Davies, Bellerin and Kane Captain were the three people who came through for me. The rest of the team was just appearance points. Um, so that's uh, Norton, Elliot, Alonso, Salah, Mickey, Richie, so all my midfield, Lacazette and Vardy. Eight players, two to three points each. Um, and still got 70. Still so. got 70. So it just proves nice. at the moment what we've been seeing that if you have the one or two key players that suddenly you're you know, you're flying. But I mean, people this week must have had, you know, Montreal, had Ward and maybe had Bavis. Like, imagine your defence would have got you like 40 points. <laughs> I guess maybe let's talk about that Spurs game first. I mean, um, I overcame, I've overcome it, I think now, Nick, my early captaincy dislike. And I captain Kane and, you know, there are a few, uh, Lukaku was obviously the shining star for pre-game week who people were captaining. Didn't have Lukaku and I just thought, you know, I've got to put it on Kane. I was, I was, I was saying to you, Mickey, oh, I could do Mickey. Yeah, you were thinking week. about that. Well, and I'm so glad. Such a good decision. <laughs> so glad I didn't. And I got the text from you saying, oh, Kane, you started early. And I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, and there was all this like rumour and conjecture about Lukaku not starting the match. So I was getting very nervous at this point and then Lukaku was announced. I was 
you know, thrilled, obviously, that he yeah. played. But I was watching that Spurs game thinking, oh, I should have captained Kane, especially because I think he scored twice within 22 minutes, it was. Yeah. So it's, it's, the, rest, the second half wasn't as exciting, but the first half, I was like, oh, God, here it, we go. It felt like a job done, didn't it, to some mm-hmm. extent? I think after the first half, like they were quite happy with 3-0. Obviously, Bavis got his assist. Which is obviously a good thing. And Ali and Ericsson. I mean, you've got Ali, and a lot of people have Ericsson, and those two failed to produce the goods. I don't know. I've got rid of Ali as part of my wild card. He had a poor game. Again, I said on the last pod that even though I think he managed to get a couple of assists last game week, he had another poor game, and he seems a little bit out of sorts, out of form. Um, he got this yellow card as well for um, diving, which was really annoying. That was terrible. Exactly. And um, So I've got rid of Ali. They've got Bournemouth for home next, but... I think I'm happy with only the double up because yeah. after that it's Liverpool and then Manchester United. So the fixtures are stiffening a little bit for Spurs after the Bournemouth game. Yeah, but I think um, Ben Davies he's obviously got to stay in the team. You know, like as pundits like run out of superlatives for Kane. I guess FPL managers are running out of superlatives <laughs> for Ben Davies I, right now. Exactly, he's the only defender in the top five for XG, so expected goals and XA expected expected assists. And uh, our man Ed today was in Fantasy Football Scout extolling the virtues of Davies. It's incredible, really. He's been entrusted with this bigger role going forward, and the majority of his touches are now in the opposition half. I mean, what a man! I mean, he's this year's Alonso, isn't he, Nick? Yeah, definitely, and he's uh, he's rising in price, but he's still only five point nine. So you know, Get still, in there, guys. still affordable. If you don't have him, then, then get him in. To be honest, you're missing out. But some people have his uh, teammate Trippier. I mean, he got a couple of assists as well. Yeah, six of nine of Trippier's assists have been for Kane. They've all been away. But I think the issue with Trippier, and I mean Matt, our designer, has Trippier. But my issue would always be the Aurier factor because it looked like Aurier was started over Trippier a couple of, when he got sent off. And I'd always be worried that's that kind of... There's that risk. Yeah, yeah definitely. It doesn't look like Danny Rose is back anytime soon at the moment. He seems to be permanently injured. N- no, but, definitely um, not. And plus people saying, oh, OK, I can understand that why people would say, yeah, Rose will probably, might threaten Bavis. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. But at the end of the day, there's that, the Google gate at the start of the season where he was just like, oh, you know, all the Spurs as players, you've got to Google them first. That kind of... Levy couldn't have been happy hearing that, could he? Yeah. <laughs> and I think you made a good comparison with uh, Costa and everyone not getting him Costa in last season because they thought he was going to get that fifth yellow card it's the same with babies some people missing out because they're thinking Rose is going to come back but not at the moment definitely not but I think Trippier I think he should keep his place in the team I know Pochettino was really annoyed with Borja when he got sent off and it's just not something that he really stands for he doesn't like indiscipline within his team he's He's quite a firm taskmaster. Exactly. He's like, panda jerk, stop it. Like, you can't can't go out and speak to me like that. Anyway, I think, you know, Spurs, let's continue. I think our investment's going to continue. Your wild card, you're continuing to invest in Spurs, aren't you, with uh, the two? So, yeah, I think that's going to happen. I mean, who's your. um, So, we've had a few discussions this week about the, the third striker as such. And I've obviously got Vardy, didn't do anything in the nil nil with Bournemouth. And you've been quite a. Quite negative about Jamie Vardy and my my choice of Jamie Vardy this week. Not, um, not really. I'm just considering said, I'm, him? I'm not considering Jamie no? Vardy. I'm not a fan of Jamie Vardy. I know he he didn't deliver this week, did he? Since you've got him in, he's got three points and two points. Yeah, so yeah still, he's got, you're still waiting for a return. Even though I know he scored in one one, of those games, one point maybe. more of an appearance, Nick. That, that's that's a victory. Yeah. In my <laughs> moral victory, maybe. But the third striker is a conundrum that um, has um, sort of damaged me a little bit with the wild card because. 
I guess it's so annoying because I had these grand plans of having Aguero and Morata in there and having this power front three, and now both of those guys are ruled out. So, you know, I'm trying to look at options, how to play it. Kane obviously definitely stays within the team. Gabriel Jesus is now one of my... Jay-Z, uh, remember? Before, yeah, Jay-Z is one of my strikers. Um, and then there's a, couple, there's a couple of options, so... At the moment, I've still got Lukaku sitting there, the 50% owned man, and 60% even. My transfer paid off. This week, I got Charlie Daniels in, didn't I? Oh, you did, uh, didn't you? I got rid of Chris Lowe um, from Huddersfield. He got um, got six, didn't he? He got zero. No, no. uh, Daniels Daniels got six. Yeah, and he was sitting uh, in, and and Daniels was sitting in two bonus until they revised it, and then he went down to, (laughs) he just was outside. I hadn't hadn't actually noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I missed that one. I'm glad it annoyed me. But, um, yeah, no. Daniel's paid off, and yeah, so Vardy, Tom. Yeah, Keep, you're I'm, keeping I'm, the faith, aren't you? I am. I mean, the, in the short term, you've got West Brom, you've got Swansea, you've got Everton, you've got Stoke, and those are four fixtures that are absolutely fine for him. Um, and he's actually having attempts at a greater rate than last season. So he's actually had a shot once every 43 minutes versus once every 53 minutes last season, according to FFS. But the key for, for him is he's absolutely nailed. Can scavenge a goal, as I keep saying. Scavenger of this Vardy man. Looks like a vulture a little bit, doesn't he? Like a bit, of a, bit like a rat, a bit like a, a vulture. Bit of rat face. I mean, there's, I know, but there's some sort of carrion vermin kind of uh, theme going on with Vardy. Um, his stats are bloody awful, but that's absolutely fine. I mean, that's just what you expect from Vardy, I think. I guess you're in a glass case of emotion whenever you're watching <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not hoping for something to happen every time, even though his, you're looking at him just thinking, he is so bad. But the, all it takes is a ball over the top and him running onto it. And you're like, oh my God, I can get something here. Um, obviously not a penalty, um, because I'm not going to get anything there anymore. Um, Kaku then, Nick. How were you feeling? 3-0 uh, up, Manchester United, well, 20, he, 10 minutes to he, go. He left, me, <laughs> he left me sweating, you know. Like, I was feeling quite anxious right up to the last minutes. But of course, I said... That Kaku plays 90 minutes every game. That's Ho- a Jose, fact. Jose does not rotate him. No. He said he likes to play him every game. He's actually come out in the press um, last week or so saying that, that he has to be played at mm. 90 minutes. But um, he didn't have a great game. You know, he's quite anonymous for a lot of the match. But the good thing about Kaku is he's so consistent now. You know, mm. like seven, seven goals from seven games. But it always seems to be like six or seven pointers from him. He yeah, hasn't exploded. So it, it's he, the cost of theory, isn't it? It'd be interesting to run like you know an analysis of them both, like the first six games, and just see what happens. So he does do that. Just seems to return one get one goal, and that's it. It's a very common theme with Mourinho as well, I think, to do that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just it's just tough because on my wild card, I'm looking to potentially bring in Carl Walker as a defender. Right. But the only way I can bring in Carl Walker is if I sell Lukaku or downgrade him. Mm. And it's just it's just I'm just very tight for cash trying to fit all these players in. I and mean, I suspect we'll be talking about that a fair bit in the community questions given what we've been asked this week. I mean, Kaku is uh, the stats have improved since last season. He's having a shot every twenty minutes versus last season it was a shot every twenty nine minutes. Uh, but the accuracy is kinda similar. Um there was one man in that game, Nick, who uh, you seem to have Taken a liking to, he, he's joined. You've, you've made a made, made a new uh, made a new a, shrine to him. Yeah, new shrine, the Fellaini shrine. Oh dear, no, I've not got a shrine for him. But, um, tree, so, tree man. Yeah. So, so why, um, why are you looking at Fellaini tree as so, your man? I really like Fellaini. He's only four point nine, so he's only zero point four more than some of these 4.5 midfielders that yeah, everyone's yeah. been extolling the virtues of how they're going to come good except you've got a guy who's scoring consistently there's only 0.4 more and he's only so he's playing in the Pogba role so Pogba's out for a while yeah um, he's unspecified got, I think unspecified 
You've got Matic providing defensive midfield support. So this enables Fellaini to get forward and attack. So he's only played... He's played less than four games so far. Hmm. Obviously because Pogba's played a lot of the games this season. But he's he's actually already got three goals. He's, um, he's basically... We, it's always a bit of like a Fellaini lottery whenever you see him come on in a match. It's like Fellaini roulette. It's Fellaini roulette. Do, do you think that he's going to get sent off? Do you think he's going to give away a penalty? <laughs> or is he going to score? Well, or, or a combination of the well, three. Yeah, well, this season he seems to be scoring a lot. And I know United's fixtures are stiffening, but... They've got um, Liverpool next, who are the joint third worst defence in the Premier League. Yeah, the defence is made up of dr- drugged-up biscuits, isn't it? I mean, they've got Lovren saying he takes six or seven painkillers a game. You've got yeah. just general issues with all sorts of defending. Yeah, so Fellaini's won 64% of all his aerial duels, which yeah. is, you know, above 50%. Manchester United, they've taken 50 corners so far in the Premier League with a corner conversion rate of 28%. So that's 14 successful corners so far in seven game weeks, which is two successful corners a, a game. Mm. And who do you think they'll be aiming yeah, all those corners at? Fellaini. They'll all be going towards Fellaini. But the, I think the thing is at the moment, I, I can see the point about him being quite cheap and him offering something because he's playing for United too at the top end rather than having a character like Tom Carroll playing for Swansea. But I mean, he just seems like Etienne Capoue with an afro to me. I mean, he's got... Four shots, had four shots, he scored three goals. I mean, to me, that screams unsustainable. But I can see why you're bringing him in to some extent. Where the shots are being taken, it's not like he's taking... Kapu was taking pot shots outside the box and somehow getting them in the back of the net. Fellaini, all his shots are within the box, yeah, literally right in front of the keeper from corners or set pieces. So it's a different type of shot that he's taking to the ones that Kapu were taking. So he's a more on target, right in the centre. And you know, I'm not going to rave about him all day, but like he's only 4.9, so why not yeah, give it a, yeah, I give see. it a go? He's going to be the cheapest guy probably in your starting no, 11, I, or I the second cheapest. It's not like I'm, I'm raving about a 12 million man here, you know, he's 4.9. Yeah, exactly. I think that that definitely works. Um, I guess mo- moving on to people that... Well, another cheap option that I'm considering certainly is a Chupe Moting, um, who uh, got an assist in the 2-1 victory for Stoke over Southampton. Um, uh, Peter Crouch scored again. Berahino took a penalty. Missed it. <laughs> I, I feel like we should do Berahino watch because of how terrible he is, but that, yeah, that would just be vindictive. That, I saw I that match of the day stat that he hasn't, hasn't scored in 31 hours and 48 minutes, and in that time he's also now missed three penalties. Oh, so, so he bad. just can't score at all. And this was, a, this was a week where all those kind of, you know, rubbish strikers were breaking ducks. This is a week where Rondon scored. This is a week where Sacco for West Ham scored. No. Um, Youth scored, uh, Crouchy, of course. They all they all managed to score all these all these third strikers that yeah, we used yeah. to have in our teams. But that's kind of why I'm saying like about power front freeze and going expensive. And you've kind of gone expensive with Vardy. Yeah, really, it's the most know, it's expensive quite, of the third. It's quite a me? premium three strikers, and I think you can't really trust these six point five, six point zero strikers because they're too they're too inconsistent. They can't score regularly. No, they never c- score regularly. Certainly not. I mean, they've got City up next, and you've got to worry about them. And people are going to be. We'll come on to it. Like in a minute mm-hmm. but I'm sure like you are heavily backing City I am looking at my team and thinking oh where can I get a City player and now Aguero's gone but Stoke after game week 9 have Bournemouth at home Watford away Le- Leicester at home Brighton away and Palace away and that, that's actually a decent little run of fixtures um, and I'm looking at the man Chupo Moting 
um, who has been a bit, you know, one of those where we, we've casted him as, you know, one of the rotating uh, cast of uh, mid-priced midfielders who are doing okay. But uh, he got an assist, and the, the actual average position of him is looking quite good. And there's a lot of kind of discussion about him versus Richarlison at the moment. Um, for hit, for 5.6, I think he could offer some good value in those fixtures I've just mentioned. Definitely, yeah, he's definitely an option in the midfield, and I think he's worth going for if you fancy him. I mean, I've um, for Stoke, actually, I've, I'm looking at uh, Kevin Vimmer. Oh, really? So, 4.4, yeah, oh, he's going to be the third man on my bench in that Manchester City game, because mm. I don't really want him playing. Keep him as far away as possible, yeah. right? like the likes of Carroll, yeah. someone to, or even Sermon to, to come in over Vimmer. Oh, but, did you get um, Sermon in before he rose? Yeah, I that did. was one more funny rises I've seen recently. Yeah, I got him <laughs> in before he rose, but I, I don't even know if I want him really. I might have just bung Ruben Loftus Cheek in instead. Yeah, I mean, he's ineligible. Um, uh, Loftus Cheek's ineligible, obviously. Yeah, I know he's uh, ineligible. That's, that's why I'm put off a little bit. But um, yeah, so Vimmer. I think it, I think it's worth giving him a shot because he has a he has fallen price, so he's only four point four. He's one of the cheapest playing defenders yeah, currently in the game. Bemba didn't start. That's the thing. Mariapa may be starting for Watford, but four point four seems yeah, to be. Yeah, there's Mariapa. I mean, Rosenia occasionally plays, but not. There's not too many. Sutner, I think, is four point four now. But apart okay. from that, yeah. But with um, with Stoke's fixture run, I think why yeah. not try and get some cover? Yeah, of course, it is Stoke. That. It's a Mark Hughes team, so they probably won't keep a single clean sheet in that time. <laughs> but um, the other reason I quite like um, Vimmer is because I'm also thinking about um, Ward, uh, Stephen Ward from Burnley. Yep. And uh, Burnley and Stokes fixtures, um, they go really well hand in hand for the next few game weeks. So whilst Burnley have West Ham this week and Stoke have Manchester City next week, Burnley have Manchester City. But I can uh, drop Ward from my team and bring in um, bring in Vimmer, who yep. has uh, Bournemouth at home. Yeah, I can get that. I can understand that completely. I mean, you, you have Ward this week. I mean, we can talk about the Everton Everton Burnley game now, I suppose, since we've segued there. I mean, Ward got that assist, and uh, yeah, I mean, Wardinho as uh, is actually outstatting Norton, who, when I was wildcarding way back when two weeks ago, seemed like the man to own. Um, he's got nine crosses to Norton's eight, and he's obviously outpointing. And I'm looking at one of the 4.5s myself. I mean, I know that like Mark from France Football Scout has Tarko. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you got me who's been Me's, hover, me's hovering. been hovering on the edge of dropping to 4.4 for quite a while. Hmm. So I've um, I've not brought him in because <clears> I don't really want to bring in a player that's going to fall. I actually got Ward in before he rose because he's risen as well. That's good. So I, I caught the rise yeah, of Ward. I'm just not interested now he's risen. But I mean, I, I saw some really cool stats on Bernie. I mean, you've got... Um, Tarko and me have 30 blocks between them, just two players, which is more than 16 of 90 of the other 19 teams in the Premier League. So, like, Heaton last year was getting all the saves. This year, it's the two central defenders just throwing themselves in the way of every shot. And they've got eight points away from home now, Burnley. They've only got seven last season. They were genuinely atrocious all, all year away from home. It is quite impressive, especially considering, like, the teams that they've been playing. Like, they've beaten Chelsea, they've you know, got draws against the likes of Spurs. You know, they've beaten Everton now as well. So you know, they're, they're yeah, definitely you know, playing up. Yeah, they're they're definitely probably not this year's Leicester, are they? But at the same time, they're <laughs> no, uh, maybe not. They no, are, might be Watford. They no. are looking good. I mean, are you interested in like Brady or Wood or anything like that going um, forward for Burnley? Possibly. I, I'm not going to fit those guys into my team. I'm not really thinking about them too much. I think um, Burnley defensive cover, perhaps as part of a rotation with Vimmer, is where I'm trying to go at the moment in terms of my wild card. 
Yeah, okay, that makes that makes sense. I mean, there's always always Pope as well. He could he could save you. Pope, yep, he's an option. Uh, <laughs> he's like, he's four. I'm not just, even if he was four point zero, I'd be all over Pope right now. But um, yeah, you know, exactly. Not really looking at him. Just like a reborn Christian, uh, reborn Christian, I suppose. Um, so going back to I guess this week, uh, you got the West Brom drawing two two with Watford. Uh, Richarlison again trolled me. So game week six, I sold him. Since then, he scored in both games. I think it is. Uh, do you think that he's this year's king slash Mares? Potentially. I mean, he's a, a very exciting young sort of Brazilian. I think he's only 20 years old. Sort of, he's, he's definitely you know creating a name for himself. Obviously, there's also uh, the Duke, Ducore. He, uh, he's another cheap Watford asset. Oh, it's um, mad, He's delivered it? the points this week. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, he's got eight bonus points, I think, so far. Go back to Richarlison. He's trolled me pretty bad. He's got the same number of touches and boxes as Mo Salah does for Liverpool. He's not really doing crosses, though, at all. All he's doing is taking shots and taking shots and taking shots. And that's... That's fantasy gold, I think, at six over six point one, six point two years. Yeah, that could be something. I mean, he could be one that you pop in, leave him. I mean, you know, the next two games have got Arsenal and Chelsea, I and mean, then the fixtures get a bit better. But if he does something against Arsenal and Chelsea, I think I will be convinced that he's you know a guy that I need to. Yeah, you've in. been talking about getting Ricardison back in. I'm like, oh, do you really want to be trolled further? He reminds me of like Eden Hazard for the last couple of seasons. Like he, this is one guy who's trolled me to heaven and back like every time I, every time I have hazard in he blanks and then I got rid of him and then I think he got a uh, seven. I think he scored like 17 points against Arsenal or something ridiculous yeah. like, because he, he always seems to get points against like the, the better teams and then when he's got like Swansea at home or something I'm like oh hazard bring him in and captain him no blank yeah. it's a deep burn it's just, it? <laughs> a deep burn yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know I mean with Chelsea Chelsea Man City um, I mean Morata the big story there he's gone out I think a lot of people including yourself are thinking of bringing him in on the wild card because of the amazing fixtures that Chelsea have coming up yeah and you've got Palace away Watford at home Bournemouth away those three if you had Morata you'd be expecting you know, three or four goals at least uh, and then you know Man United at home and then you've got uh, West Brom away but it then continues into like, a sea of green for the next kind of 10-15 game weeks what are you going to do I mean will you think are you going to double up on Chelsea with those fixtures what are you, how are you approaching it's, that it's tough because I'm still keeping the faith with Alonso and a lot of people on social media have been saying to me ditch Alonso and bring in Aspilicueta, uh Dave, who's only um, he's he's 0.5 cheaper or 0.4 cheaper now maybe, yeah, he but is, he's yeah. um, he's been you know getting all the assists. But he um, Aspilicueta's developed such a strong relationship with Morata, and now Morata's out the team. You know who's he going to be passing to anyway? He's probably going to be Batman. Passing... I don't know if they've got that connection. He'll either go to Hazard, he'll weave weave around for a bit and then pass to Pedro or score so as Aspilicueta probably won't be getting the same amount uh, of yeah, assists or Alonso might be you know banging forward if Hazard's playing up top because I don't really know how they're going to play and I know Batshuayi he's come out in the media um, you know he's been saying just like about how um, he, he's kind of lucky to, that Morata's got injured and, and this is his chance to shine but when Morata got injured Batshuayi didn't even come on you know Hazard played the, the sort of false number nine role. That, that'll be the worry with me. Are you considering Batshuayi? I've seen you, you, you tweeted about him this week I, I, and you got widely pilloried. I think he's a batch. Yeah, maybe I'm Batshuayi crazy for, uh, <laughs> for thinking about bringing this guy in. But, you know, he's 8.1. So he's, he's a falling star. He's dropped 0.4 since uh, the season's begun. I think he, he could be, um, you know, he's 
actually played really well. Outside of the Premier League, where he's on about two points or something from all the games he played, he got minus one in one of them because he scored an OG and it's just yeah. had an awful time. <laughs> he's had, but in, in all other competitions, he's, he's been absolutely smashing it for Chelsea. He scored loads of goals. Um, he's just not very impressive for the amount of minutes he's actually been playing in these games. So uh, but it sounds like um, sounds like Iquinacho last year, doesn't it? Where if Aguero was injured, then straight away be looking at Iquinacho and thinking, let's just get him in for a couple of weeks, see how well he does. I mean, Morata, it's unclear how long he's out. For. It sounds like it's it's about six weeks. Um, so I think I think we're looking at. I mean, to go to the other team in that game, Jay Z. I mean, he got an assist. Yeah, he, he, for once, uh, Jesus provided the cross rather than being on the end of it. But at the same time, he's got to be the man now that you're looking at through your team, like nailed on, no can. He's got to be playing, what, 60, 70 minutes every game, hopefully? Hopefully. But like you said, with Ian Hatcho and with Pep, you never know, he might decide to play... He can't play, like, Sterling up front. It'd be just crazy. He should definitely start. So I'm bringing him in. I mean, with with all the other injuries, I think he's got to come in now, to be honest. Uh, is um, he going to play every game? I mean, we saw... Uh, he was rested, but that was because Akun was around. Um, he, I, think, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean... I think the likes of um, Sterling and Sané will probably start. I've got to say maybe Bilva. Uh, Bernardo yeah, Silva. Bilva um, might, might come. We've been asked a lot of questions about which Man City midfielder to get it. And you've got you know, Dilva, <laughs> David Silva. That sounds hilarious. Dilva, uh, Dilva mean, and Bilva. Dilva and Bilva. Yeah, you've got Dilva, you've got Sané, or you've got Sterling. And it is, it is actually quite interesting to see who the supporting cast is going to be. I mean, do you have any thoughts about well, who you're getting in the middle? Yeah, at the moment, I've got David Silver in there. I've gone for the mainstream choice. I don't know, because if I'm thinking about some of these other players, they are a bit, you know, I can't, I can't have like Sane or Sterling. I'm just asking to be trolled by rotation if I've got Jesus and Sane yeah, or Jesus and true. Sterling and that's Fellaini true. and all these other you know, reprobates who probably won't start like <laughs> Bashwai or whoever. So yeah. I think um, David Silva, he's so highly owned. He's been he's been performing really well. KDB's too expensive to fit into my side, unfortunately. I'm not going back there. Oh, you can't go back there, can you? But I've, I've caught the rise on David Silva as well, so yeah, you know, I, I thought so. it was worth it. I think it might be it might be sterling for me. I mean it keeps varying. Because you're selling are you selling Mkhitaryan? I think I am. I'm not sure. I mean Liverpool, as we said, their defence is absolutely diabolical. So Mickey's creative abilities in terms of corners and in terms of through balls could lead to something, but I'm worried because I haven't got any city cover now. I've removed Kun, and obviously you have got you're looking double, triple city, and there's me looking hopelessly exposed. Yeah, I mean if you look at Manchester City's next three games: Stoke at home, Burnley at home, West Brom away. You can see, and, and just look at the scores from their last few games. They're getting like consistent five nil wins, essentially. Yeah, you know? it's more than the Manchester United four nils that they're getting. So, like you know, I'm looking at Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker's been, you know, brilliant. Yeah, he's been producing uh, quite. I think he's um, yeah, quite he's, consistently, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. He's uh, uh, smashing uh, it. So yeah, I guess uh, one guy who did produce for me this week is uh, is Hector Bellerin um, in the two nil victory over Brighton. Uh, that was probably another one of those contentious FPL assists where he had a shot blocked him and Monreal of all people hasn't scored since 2012. And of course, there's lots of new owners now who are going to enjoy another few months of him not scoring. Um, but he he was uh, you know, in the right place at the right time, knocked, knocked it in, and uh, Hector got me the 11 points. 
Uh, I was quite pleased with that. I mean, how did you feel no, as a class? You felt a little bit smug, you know. I, I, I do, mean, I do. Kalasanach got um, a clean sheet, so, you know, I'm happy with my six points for Kalasanach. I think you you wanted to go Kalasanach, but you wanted to differentiate from everyone else who seemed to have him within the league. Well, that, that so was you, it, yeah. you, I think you're about seven points up. So that gamble paid off for you. Bellerin, he, he's another one who trolled me last season. So yeah, exactly. You got the baby heuristics kicks in. You're not going to touch him because you remember all his negative experience. Actual positioning for Bellerin is actually a lot higher than it is for uh, for Klasnach at the moment up the pitch. That is, and you've got also got the fact that Alexis Sanchez is gets the ball on the left, drives towards goal, and you've got Klasnach either providing width and being ignored by Sanchez. Or you've got him trying to cover Sanchez because he's just out of position and Kalasanach used to be there to cover defensively. I think, yeah, I think Kalasanach's um, attacking output has declined since the return of Sanchez because Sanchez, I don't think he will necessarily look to Kalasanach for a pass. Sanchez will try and dribble it round all the players and, and take a pot shot. And you could even say that Lacazette looks weaker with um, Sanchez in the side as well. Because oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a greedy, he is a greedy player, Sanchez. He, he, he is. like greedy players. That's why, FPL, that's why but... we play FPL. But I mean, Lacazette, I think he got unlucky. Um, he had three or four pretty good chances, hit the post with an amazing shot in the first kind of ten minutes. Um, I got him in. I'm, I'm considering actually moving him sideways to to Jay Z. Uh, oh, that's a, that's very I, sideways. I, I know, I know, but I'm considering doing it. Just this, like, not this. What this week before? I feel, Watford, I feel like he's. I feel like because we've just said all of the stuff about Man City play, Man City midfielders being all confusing, that he might be worth doing. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess uh, there's a couple of other games to cover off. So you got West Ham um, versus Swansea. I mean, I was really annoyed because they lost the clean sheet in the last minute. Um, I've got a tradition where I don't look at the score after 60 minutes if I see one of my players on the clean sheet. And I, I unfortunately, something caught my eye that bet that Norton was on the free bonus, went dark for a bit, came back, and I was just like, oh. Damn it! They've, they've scored. So you've got Huddersfield up next to Swansea. Yeah, no, I can good. see. I can see a late um, Aaron Moy goal just yeah, cropping up out of nowhere. Yeah, and, and a Norton yellow as well. Just to, yeah, just to rub it in. I mean, a lot of people own Carl Norton, but he hasn't really. I think. He, I mean, he had a good start season, but since um, since he became like a popular pick, he's been blanking quite. Exactly. <laughs> there are loads of loud noises about Norton early on, and I think that. Now it's kind of probably better. It would have been better to get a ward in or something like that. And finally, this week, you uh, you got a, a goal from a shot, in inverted commas, from your man, uh, your man Hosselu. Hosselu, yeah. Who you publicly apologised to. I did publicly apologise. I felt bad. But um, to be honest, I perhaps, um, you know, a few people commented rightly that I shouldn't have apologised because he absolutely fouled it up. It wasn't really a sh- sure. I just bounced off Matip's leg and he was in plenty of space thanks to um, a Shelby through ball through <laughs> between uh, Lovren and uh, Matip. And he, he, um, he basically just kind of dribbled a little bit, stood around and then Matip... <laughs> Yeah, he knocked the ball off Matip and it went into the net. So. I know it was, cra- it was crazy. I mean, there were loads of blanks elsewhere, though. I mean, both had Salah. Nothing happened really. I mean, he had the shot in the in the fifth minute or something, and just generally kind of buzzed around, looking busy. Yeah, he didn't really do anything else. So it seems like Coutinho seems to might might be the uh, the man to own in the Liverpool midfield. Yeah, now. yeah. I wish if I had my time again, I think I'd have put Coutinho into the Salah for the differential. I feel like um, I should I should have done that. I mean, I've missed the Coutinho rise because I was thinking about possibly downgrading Salah to Coutinho, but I didn't do it. Mm. I would have saved um, you know 0.3 at the time now it's only probably 0.2 
I still quite like Mo Salah. I feel you know. I've yeah, got, well, I'm, I'm, stuck, a, I'm stuck with him you, now. You build a connection to these players. This is the thing. Yeah. Right? You're kind of like you just uh, love men with afros. Uh, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is true. Um, uh, you do build these connections. I mean, you've got unfortunately on the other the other side the other part of Liverpool was obviously Firmino didn't start. Uh, and Firmino not starting was one of those where I'm hoping as a Vardy owner I'm like oh come to Papa <laughs> give me a yeah. rise because a lot of people probably are thinking oh, oh I can't keep Bobby or well, who else is that oh, it's, it's Ratface it's got to be Ratface there's no yeah. other option yeah exactly I mean by the beard of Zeus you can't, you can't go for Daniel Sturridge or something can you <laughs> no you can't and then I guess the, the final things are obviously Elliot didn't keep clean sheet again. We've that been, was fine for me because I, I opted you play for Foster. I opted for Foster again. It was just like, Whoops. Foster's, uh, yeah, got one point. That's, yeah. like, that's it. He's uh, gone. I've gone for Timmy Crawl, actually. Yeah, I've got Timmy Crawl. And the final couple of observations are Atsu looked terrible, didn't look up. My man Richie, who'd been shunted out to the whim because of John Joe Shelby, aka Lord Voldemort. He was man of the match, wasn't he? Richie, yeah, I've got no <laughs> idea how Richie was man of the match in that Alex game. Smith, yeah. uh, and then you know, obviously Voldemort has kind of uh, been pushing Richie out of set plays, and I'm a bit worried about that going forward. Bit of the end of the day. Well, it's, it's, he's got the international injury now, Richie, so I'm just hoping uh, when he comes back, he's back in full force. All right, Nick, let's take a break and move on to the features. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So this is our uh, our features bit where we talk about kind of a few regular things that we speak about every week on the pod. The first thing we're going to do is update you on the dark side of this team. So uh, this team, just to recap, is a team of people who are not being picked or looked at in the majority of sides currently. Identity will change over the course of the season, of course, but there will always be a substantial set of players, you know, like Manolo Gabbiadini in the early stages of this season who are on the fringes of or being completely ignored by the FPL community. This side features players who are, you know, you're not used to seeing in, in FPL teams. For example, we've got you know, Josh King, captain, all this kind of thing. This week, Nick, the Dartsiders, they ended up at 340k, uh, which is still doing a lot better than we are. <laughs> 57 points. We've got the likes of Edison starting. He got a clean sheet. Monreal. Smashed it, 15 points. Yeah, he delivered the points, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, did. you got Valencia, you got Maguire, so you got a strong defensive performance on those four. Uh, Sana, last week's star, not very much. Siggy, Martial got an assist. Uh, he's just got an assist. And uh, Vardy, uh, who probably needs to go quite soon. King, who was the captain, got not very nothing. And Wijnaldum got nothing. So well. it wasn't a great week for the Darksiders, but I think Monreal sort of was their saving grace, I guess. Um, do we yeah. have any transfers in the bank? We've just got the one. We've got two. Oh, we've got um, two so now. Okay. We did King Gabbiadini, and we've also, and you know, we've got a team who's in the top three hundred and forty thousand. That made out of players who no one really owns or used to. Own. It's not really anyone to sell this game week. I suppose we could sell Monreal because he somehow has entered the meta this week. But we've also got Chalaba, who's injured, so perhaps yeah, we can exactly. replace him. I think that might be might what we do, like a maintenance thing. When we were running this team all season, I think a wild card. It's got to be coming up for this team. Yeah, yeah. So we think... should do at some point. Definitely wild card. It maybe not this week because it's my wild card. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. but I think I think we'll we'll talk about it. But yeah, I mean, this is a team that we put together what in five minutes before the game week one deadline, and it's uh, four hundred fifty thousand places ahead of you. I definitely think yeah, it should a, a million ahead of me. I know it's, it's it's doing ridiculously well, and yeah, it could do with a refresh at some point. So that we can get rid of the likes of Vinealdum, who are <laughs> yeah. even too anti-meta for the anti-meta right now. I know but. it's not not doing anything, but at the same time, I, I think you know it, it's one of those things that we, we thought we do this year just because it shows the the dark side of FPL, the players who just don't walk in the light anymore, not selected by managers. 
Speaking of players who are set to my managers, Nick, I mean, we're going to talk about market forces now. And this is the part of the pod where, I mean, we talk about the economy, we talk about the market, what's who's being brought in, who's being sold, and why that might be. And then this week, we're expanding that a little bit. Because normally, we have a feature called Neon Watch, which is, is not happening this week, is it, Nick? No. So, Neon Watch is our regular feature where we talk about the virtues of Alan Neom and his performances week in, week out for West Bromwich Albion. So the reason we kind of look at, we were looking at Alan Neom and dedicated a feature to him because last season he was only at 4.5, but this season, along with Eric Peters actually, he um, he somehow got a price rise and was at 5.0 and we, we, we weren't really sure whether he, he deserves that price rise. <laughs> no, certainly not. But so, he, he performs quite well for the uh, beginning of the season, but since since then we've um, a couple of new signings, a couple of injuries coming back, like Kieran Gibbs um, coming back and Johnny Evans entering the fray. Uh, Neom hasn't played in the last game week, and yeah, no, it's, so been he's, it's, it's been, been disappointing for Alan, hasn't it? And I think it's you know this. So this week we've got some space. So yeah, so with the market forces, the main sort of impact on the market this um, this game week is uh, obviously Alvaro Morata's injury has impacted the market greatly. He's um, he's already had two hundred seventy-seven thousand transfers out so far this uh, game week. Um, and that's a net transfer in of a um, net transfer out of two hundred twenty six thousand. So um, that's because uh, fifty thousand so people probably bought him in. Even, even though he, in. even though he pulled his hamstring, is it's absolutely bonkers. People obviously was there a sort of person there for looking, you know. was there a sort of person there for Fessy's just like uh, oh I'm on the minus eight already. What should I do? Like a free free thirsty or something. That like. is yeah. So he's been yo yoing out in and out of people's teams. I think the previous game week he was the most transferred in player. So um, Alvaro Morato, he, he's the biggest mover this game week. Yeah, and um, then, but second we've got Harry Kane. Yeah, I, mean, I guess a lot of the Morata sellers are trying to find a way to get to Harry Kane. Exactly, because Aguero and Morata, they're the most sold players. So where, who, who are being bought for these guys that are injured? And, it, and it's Kane and Jesus. So Kane has had... 242 transfers in this game week. He's had 237 net transfers in in total. 5,000 people have got rid of him. Yeah, But, um, you know, we, we, we absolutely love Kane. He's already had a price rise. He's now at 12.7, so he's reaching unaffordable territory for many people. You're going to be having to take some hits at this stage. Or, you you know, yeah. if, especially if you're selling likes of Morata. And I, I know some people... Because Morata's fallen in price already this game week. And Aguero's fallen in price already. So people are, like, getting a bit frustrated online because they're saying, look... Why are all these early transfers happening? We've got we've got an international break. All these people are bringing in Jesus, who's also had a price rise before he plays two games in Brazil, and he's he's no doubt going to be injuring himself as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I I, I worry about those sorts of things. It's the same as like every every international break with Sanchez last season. You were just thinking, oh, he's going to get injured. I'm not going to touch it. And uh, I, th- I think we actually panicked a couple uh, one time, didn't we? And got rid of Sanchez. And this is one of those where well, when he when the uh, Jay Z is away. Um, you've got to worry, haven't you? Uh, fifth, I guess, is, is, is obviously Ben Davis. Yep, Ben Davies is uh, fifth. He's had um, net transfers in 120,000 now, so he's had 128,000 transfers in in total this game week. It's uh, it's a shame because um, this game week, obviously, he's he's not really well. When he first got his hauls, I was one of the only owners of him, and you know he was a proper differential. But this game week, when I was kind of going through our leagues, just everyone seemed to own him and. 
and that shows the fact that 23.6% ownership across the across the game now, and that's including all the, like, the dead teams that haven't looked at their teams since game week one. So he's become a very popular pick, and he's just getting more and more popular with all these managers, you know, swarming in to own the, you know, the legendary Ben Davies. So every, everyone's, more and more people seem to light the shrine every time we post it, which means, know. Uh, you know, a lot <laughs> yeah, more, 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 more people joining the cult of Davies. Yeah, that, that escalated quickly, didn't it? Earlier <laughs> on, it was just you and a couple of other people going, yeah, I've got babies. And yeah. now it's like, yeah, babies! Like yeah, another, I mean, a, co- a chorus killed a guy with a trident. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> escalating. Uh, so I got numbers, number six in our kind of list of uh, players who are rising and falling to some extent, or subject to transfers, is, is Firmino. Um, who's no show and uh, no show for the uh, four, past four weeks? It's been a blank, I believe, since uh, he didn't even start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, so, mean, I mean, game Dan week, in Sturridge game started, didn't he? In game week three, you had people uh, shaping the whole wild cards and having him as their third striker, and now you've got <laughs> a place where you know he's he's not even starting. You've got Sturridge starting. I don't even know if Sturridge is going to start the next game. No, Sturridge was terrible. You know, yeah, it, it, it wasn't Firmino's a good game got to come in. Um, but I mean, he's he's got um, you know ninety two thousand people have sold him. Um, I, I think it's, he's going to drop. I think to eight point five, and it'll be interesting to see if he gets pick up again. I mean, if he does tend to go hot and cold, I had him last season for a, a long time, and he kind of did have a few weeks where he did nothing, and then suddenly would score two goals. Um, I mean, the fixtures aren't particularly encouraging, are they? But at the same no. time, you've got to be thinking, well, um, I mean, would you hold him if you had him, Nick? Probably not. I would be looking to get rid. The, fi- the final kind of couple on, on our list. I mean, you've, you've got uh, Ward, who we've spoken about already. He has 77,000 yep. new owners, inc- including you, and has risen by 0.1. Um, Fellaini, of course. The next three, actually, Fellaini, Ward, and David Silva, all people that I've brought in <laughs> my world <laughs> card. And then Ali, who's being sold, is someone that I've got rid of. So it's yeah. all. I mean, the thing is, it's interesting all the people selling Ali. So these are people, 81,000 people sold Ali. I mean, maybe if you're moving to silver, which I'm guessing a few people are, I mean, the stats are identical. 81,000 people have sold Ali, 84,000 people have bought silver. That could be where people are doing it. But I wonder if you just can get burned there. What do you reckon? Yeah, possibly. It's, it's it's a risk. I mean, selling Ali might be a bad choice, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll have to watch out for it. But, I mean, personally for me, he hasn't proved himself enough at his price point, which is no. 9.5. There's, there's plenty of other cheaper options in midfield. There's um, obviously all the options. You know, Kane is the man. If you're going to go for Spurs, you've got to bring in Harry Kane. And maybe some of these players are thinking, all right, I'm going to sell Ali and downgrade him. And so I can afford Kane in my team. I don't know. Yeah, and then the other thing that's going on this week with a lot of wild carders, and we've seen this a few times actually. And moving on to the psychology corner, is that a lot of people are looking at goalkeepers again, Nick? And we said at the start of the season, didn't we? I mean, our view on goalkeepers is to go as cheap as you possibly can. Or my view is at least definitely it was my view as well last season because I owned um, Pickford and Grant for quite a lot of the season. <laughs> yeah, so you got seven points out of zero men. And I was rotating them, and you. Had, um, you had Jakopovic was another, another sort of I think it was three point nine. It was three point nine. I had Jakopovic and Pickford, I think it was, and they, that that was really good for me. That was the, the early wild card. 
But we've got that keeper discussion cropping up again on Twitter and many other places and people saying, oh, you know, I want that 5.5 keeper with a backup or I want that 4.5 with a backup, um, which is really contrary to us. And ultimately, neither is right or wrong. It's just an interpretation of risk. Um, so uh, FPL Guidance asked us, um, what's the best goalkeeper strategy? I'm considering your Elliot and 4.0 fodder approach too. And that kind of leads us in very nicely to this uh, psychology corner because this is all about risk aversion. Uh, risk aversion is a behaviour where you seek to minimise risk. And many studies have shown that if people are given two choices, one being a low-risk, low-payoff situation, the other being a high-risk, high-payoff situation, the majority of need to make that decision will choose the low-risk one. And it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, to some extent? I mean, risk aversion is innate to human beings. Uh, survival and behaving in a way that minimises putting ourselves in harm's way. Well, it's a charm for our ancestors, Nick. That's why we're here anyway. Um, but now we're safe. It's more about how you react to situations around you and how this primal instinct still plays a role in dictating behaviour. So the, the cheaper keepers versus the backup warriors approach to FPL is a really great example of this. The sort of stuff we saw this week when people were saying, oh, what if Elliot can seize lots of, lots of goals? That's going to mean I lose points. Oh, it's too risky. I need a rotation. Um, oh, what if he gets injured? I'm going to have to take a minus four to get rid of him. I mean, these people perceive the risk as being too big and they want to spend the extra 0.5 but we'd think that's rubbish wouldn't you? Yeah, I think the first one especially is crazy because Newcastle are actually looking very sound defensively you yeah. know like the cells yeah, he's mean, really proving himself as a club captain isn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah exactly like, well done Alan Smith but I mean you've got your um, what have you got? you've got a 7.9 million keeper combo at the moment haven't you? Um, well 8.0 I've got you, Timmy Krull oh you haven't got Pereira no I haven't got Pereira I was tempted the 3.9 man but, but you know Krull might actually come in at some point but at the end of the day I think people like interpreting a big risk with having a 4.0 and a 4.0 keeper versus people who like us who don't neither is right or wrong it's just how people individually interpret risk neither is the best strategy but it's a very nice example of how we all feel psychological impacts differently basically in this case we see far less risk in having Elliot alone than those who are spending the extra 1.1 million on keepers just to feel like well, this isn't a risk. I'm going to be happy with this. And we're happy, to, uh, whereas we're happy to take it. But anyway, that, that, that's a risk aversion, and I'll write up about this in the next few days. Excellent, Tom. Is it time for a break? It is. Let's move on to the community questions after that. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back and it's time for the community section, Tom. So we're going to have a quick look at the Who Got the Assists mini league. And it's very competitive at the top at the moment with last week's uh, front runner. 11 angry men um, Adrian Bentley he only got 42 points this game we see a bit of a shocker he's dropped down to 14th in the in the league but um, we can see like um, Gavin Doyle um, one of our Twitter followers uh, he, he got 83 hey, and he's 8th uh, <laughs> so well done to him he's on 444 points now but the uh, the team at the top of the league is the Terabads Ben Sutton 87 points and he got a score of 468 so very well done Ben that's that's fantastic that puts him in uh, 2523rd in, oh, in the world so, you know, this week five at the back oh my yeah yeah brilliant so he had, he had obviously he had babies and 
Kolasinac, you know, these guys. Like like with us, his midfield let him down. He only got, you know, Salah, Eriksson, Mkhitaryan for a combined total of eight. Not very good, but he had Hosselu. And he had <laughs> Captain Harry Someone Kane. clearly been listening to you, and, Nick. Uh, <laughs> and Fraser Forster in goal, who got a penalty save. So, you know, he's had a quite, you know, very good game week, really, there. With um, clean sheets yeah, everywhere well, in defence, apart from Alonso. But. Well, good luck. I mean, that, that's, uh, that's awesome. And you've got five at the back. Oh, that's, that's very, that's, very yeah. good. I mean, that's what I noticed. Very anti-meta. Maybe our anti-meta team should be five at the back. Maybe it should be. I mean, Stephen Toomey, I think, would absolutely love that. He keeps doing five. One of our followers on Twitter keeps doing it, has five at the back and had it all season. But I noticed this team doesn't have Lukaku, and that's probably the first question we've got this week. Um, Matt at Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Hi, Matt. And uh, Muted Llama on Reddit. Both ask... Uh, Lukaku, he's scoring plenty of goals. You know, he's, he's got plenty of chances. You got Morata and Aguero out, um, but people are realizing that getting rid of him means that you can get build a better team. And you're on your wild card, Nick. What, what are you doing with Lukaku? Should we? Should, would you advise keeping him? It's a tough question, and it depends really. I'd like to see how Belgium do and how Lukaku does in the next couple of games. They've got Bosnia up next, so it'll be interesting to see. Just in general, how the Belgian national team do, because I've got a lot of Belgian interest, as you know. You've got so much Fellaini faith in, so much faith in Roberto right, Martinez. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but no, it's on a serious point, Lukaku, the problem with him and getting rid of him is his ownership is so high, 60%. So if he has... Yeah, like 60% a, of the time, that's going to work every really, time, Nick. If he, <laughs> if he has a really strong game week and like delivers a brace against likes of Liverpool anyone who doesn't have him they're just going to see a sea of red arrows so they're, they're, it's very scary getting rid of him his price is 11.8 so I would like to I want him to hopefully rise um, again this game I'm not sure if he will but then I can cash in 0.2 on him and, no, uh, and just, sell just you know, I'm and just thinking, thinking about money here a little um, bit there's a, there's a modest rise in ownership I guess I mean but at the same time mm. I don't have Lukaku I no. took the decision to remove Lukaku and I might take the decision to remove Mkhitaryan as well I mean this links on to a question from Graham Smith is it time to remove Mkhitaryan I mean I think United cover in general you've got a couple of, you've got a Liverpool Huddersfield and then Spurs you've got two games sandwiched by the Huddersfield game which I think is going to do okay but you've got uh, I think that Liverpool game uh, it's difficult to see how that one will go it'll either be an absolute rout or it'll be really close I mean Mourinho likes to play the kind of game doesn't he where against the big teams he's going to keep it quite tight maybe one or two goals we decide especially against Spurs that's going to be a low scoring game I think yeah but so, there, there is not like there's loads of different midfield options out there at the moment if you're selling him who who are you going for are you going are you going Liverpool but probably not maybe you know maybe Coutinho you know Manchester, yeah. maybe David Silva you know, you've got Dilva and uh, <laughs> Sané and Sterling as the options really but outside of Manchester City the Spurs boys also blank so you're not necessarily looking at them this game week so I don't know. Um, I guess it's, it's tough. I think uh, Manchester United have been free scoring, and there's, there's no signs that they're going to stop free, being free scoring. So it's not players. really a necessarily a case of keeping faith with your Manchester United assets because they're, they're delivering week in week out. Really, you know, yeah. one blank and everyone's suddenly selling him. Uh, yeah, I know it's crazy, isn't it? I think it's just because of the explosiveness of your, your other options. It's the fixtures turn is what people are looking at, but. I've kind of discovered you really got to look at form over fixtures. I used to, I've always been like a man who looks at the fixtures, but I think form is really important. You really, I think form is more important than fixtures generally. 
So linked to that, um, we've got a few questions on Man City this week. You've got Chris Butcher, who asked us on Twitter, who's the best City midfielder out of Silver, Sterling and Sana. Uh, you've got Tom Campbell. Hi, Tom. Um, who asks, who says that he's intending to rock the treble Man City uh, with his Disney performing squad. What do we reckon to that? And you've got uh, Pontus, um, hi Pontus, um, on Twitter again, who asks us, uh, who says that he'd like the, the rating of the, all the City attackers from best to worst. Ooh, well, so that's, that's I, I think, tough one. I think we've got five, haven't we? It's we've got... Uh, well, we've got G, uh, Jesus, uh, I don't speak Spanish. Sorry, uh, Jay Z. Um, um, well, obviously not Kung because he's injured. <laughs> no, so we've got, got Sterling. Sterling. We've got Sane, Sane, De Bruyne, and Silver. Yeah, De Bruyne. So, well. Don't forget De Bruyne. No, um, so it's a tough question. Are we starting with that one then? The rankage. Yeah, let's start oh, with the okay. rankage and then go into well, how we're okay. going to swap it. Personally, who's the top oh, man? Is, Jesus. Yeah, Jay Z has got to be the top man, hasn't he? I mean, I. I think he's going to play 60, 70 minutes every game now. I think you'll probably, if you do own him, you're going to have to swallow eventually, like some rotation, him playing, you know, Kevin De Bruyne at false number nine, him playing bloody Otamendi at false number nine. Who knows? It's Pep. It's like an, uh, Ed said to us earlier, it's like an abusive relationship. Pep's not going to do it to us again, is he? Probably is. But <laughs> you've got he, you've got he's or something. You're probably... like, yeah, fool me once, fool me twice, kind of scenario. <laughs> yeah, shame yeah. on me. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's going to be shame on everybody. Uh, but you, you've got, I think probably uh, Jay Z's a top man, isn't he? I mean, I, I'm thinking of getting him in. I think you've got to have him without any, without Kern. Uh, he's going to be the man in the middle, and you've got the man on the wing. I think he's going to be Sterling. Um, I mean, is he, he is he your number two choice then? Because I. I'm leaning towards David Silva. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, David Silva, obviously, last few seasons he's been a bit of a FPL non-entity, but this year he's he's really shining from the centre of the park. You know, he's he's he's, he's basically the linchpin with the team, and he and he's proved very good value as well. And um, yeah, so I'm yeah. definitely thinking about David Silva. I'm, I think Sterling, he's been rotated a little bit more. And that's my problem with Sterling and Sane. I think they're more liable for rotation they compared are. to um, David Silva, who seems to be playing every game week. Um, the issue with KDB as well, and I think KDB obviously delivered the points this game week. We've seen him play a little bit more withdrawn, and he's more expensive than the option. So personally for me, I put Jesus first, David Silva second, Sterling, KDB, and then I. I Sane last well it's mm. interesting I mean um, El Stato who will, we've got a question from him in a minute but I mean, he put out a, uh, a an infograph earlier on this week and he had kind of uh, you know obviously Silver being the creative guy you had uh, Sterling taking shots I think it's a shot every 20 minutes or something in the last four games which is crazy and then you've got uh, kind of Sana being on the side as having kind of you know he's got quite a few shots a fair bit of creativity 8.3 versus Sterling 7.9 and Sterling a noted flat track bully last year all of his goals were against teams in the top uh, in the bottom half of the Premier League um, for me I think it might be Sterling it is Sterling Sterling seconds. does prove better value for money as well because Sane was a bit overpriced I think personally going back to Tom Campbell's question though I think why, why not definitely triple up I think there's a lot of potential in the Manchester City defence even the likes of Otamendi and um, Stones are like delivering the points week in week out but my um, you know I mentioned it earlier in the pod but you know I'm looking at Kyle Walker 
In the last four games, he managed four clean sheets, got two assists, and he's got an average of 7.75 points per game from those games. So he's smashing it. Obviously, he had a bad start with the, the red card being yeah. suspended. But since then, he's um, proved himself a very valuable asset to Manchester City. Obviously, with Mendy injured as well, he's definitely nailed on. You, know, yeah, you, don't, need to, to... you don't need to worry about rotation with Kyle Walker. He's going to be playing week in, week out for this team. No, we saw with Spurs, who was an absolute machine. So I think he will keep playing. So we've basically, you know, we're saying Walker, probably saying that uh, David Silva. I mean, the only reason I'm not getting him in is because everybody I'm chasing in our mini league above me seems to have David Silva. We said last week there's David Silva party. Neither of us been invited. You've got your invite. I probably am gonna go. You're, go, gonna go, dec- go, you're declining the invite. I'm, I'm going go, to go to. Go, you're you're go, off to Raheem's party. I'm going to go, go to the the more hipster Raheem party around the corner, probably. But the even more hipster Sana party is probably going to be the yeah. one which bangs, and I'm not. Probably, that's, that's where the loud noises. Are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly. All right. So I mentioned Stato a minute ago, and uh, Stato said to us, you know, um, what's better is best to have three premium forwards or a, or two premium forwards. Uh, with a budget third and use the extra cash elsewhere. Well, the problem with this is who are you looking at for your budget third? So I've seen a few teams where it's kind of like Dominic Calvert-Lewin or Tom Ahmed, but these guys aren't going to be starting your team. So this is essentially opting for a 4-4-2. So if you're opting for a 4-4-2, that's an interesting strategy. But I don't necessarily think there's the midfielders to pull off that strategy at the moment. This, no, you'd have to go. You probably have to have at least Hazard in there. Mm. I think definitely Hazard, maybe, and even maybe Sanchez to to make it, you know, a viable option, yeah. and which is quite a risk at this stage in the game. With four three three, once again, what do you mean by budget third striker? Personally, because I wouldn't say Vardy was a budget first striker, so it'd be like a six point five guy, and there's no one. There's, there's, I mean, you there's got no Hoss- one. scored in the last match. That's enough for some casuals to bring Hoss- him in, isn't Hossolu, it? Hosselu, yeah. No, I don't know about Hosselu. I, I, I <laughs> threw him in for one game week. There's, um, there's a few people lurking <laughs> around, like then Abraham, obviously. Um, but then you know you've got the supporting cast of like Gabby Odini and Rondon and uh, Duff, <laughs> you know, Andy Carroll. Like these guys, come on! Like, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a very good question. I just I'm just not sure if it's like. Striker, no, I, yeah. so, so if you're on wild cards, you know you've got a blank page. You're going to do the free premiums. I think so at the moment. That's my. That's why I'm opting for the power front three, yeah. even though there's injuries have completely scuppered it a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I guess the natural extension to that kind of question um, come, uh, comes from the idiot's boss on uh, on Reddit, and he he says that. Um, so you've got you've got two premium forwards, most likely three. Are you going to put so you said midfield rubbish? Are you going to put Romani at the back and have kind of an hourglass shape where you're big up, big at big at the back, big up top, but really thin in the middle? It's quite interesting that some people are going for this sort of five at the back approach, and it, and it's you know with um, the likes of Manchester City, Manchester United. Um, they've all got you know these defenders that are quite cheap you know like the likes of Phil Jones that are bringing in points week in week out so it's eminently affordable to go for this sort of strategy with your with your likes of Babies and your your Chelsea defender in there as well and you're going to be seeing lots of six points you know the occasional nine the occasional double figure return from these yeah. guys as well like every week it seems like there's a defender with a double figure return like this week it was obviously Monreal and Babies weeks before we I think it was all Valencia and obviously Alonso from a few Manchester City guys as well, um, Walker and that. They yeah, but double figures. I think there seems to be a lot of value in the premium win backs at the moment. I mean, the centre backs are kind of coming into play. So you had Otamendi and you had a few others like that showing up. Aspilicueta as well. Yeah, exactly, coming in and doing something. But at the end of the day, I think this season especially has been acutely uh, visible. 
that you've got these kind of wing backs highly priced that outperforming the equivalent in the midfield so why not have the defender because at the end of the day as you said I think right in pre-season that if you've got some a midfielder getting over 60 minutes they get one point you've got a defender gets over 60 minutes they get four plus if they score they get more points so why not just have the defender definitely and I think I was talking about last week I was talking about midfielders and I, was t- um, I did a comparison with Alonso I think with with the 7.0s and my man was um, Aaron Ramsey he was like the best performing of them all and you know like if, if Aaron Ramsey seems to be the best performing 7.0 midfielder with his current returns it's a bit it's a bit worrying isn't it for the for the midfield exactly I, th- I think it's just completely their star <laughs> the star of those guys is completely fallen and it is time to look at the wing backs a link to that Mahesh on Facebook um, asked us Bellerin or Klasenac this is quite interesting because obviously are you staying with Klasenac I've got Bellerin I think I'm actually um, getting rid of Kalasinac oh, from the wild card. So are you getting better and you're jumping on the train? No, no, no. I'm not going for an Arsenal defender. So I think this is part of bringing in Walker. Yeah. So obviously I've got to find point five somewhere from the middle of nowhere, which might involve a Lukaku sale. So it's not. It's not. Nothing's finalised in terms of the uh, the financing of my team. It's, <laughs> yeah. all, it's all a bit of a shambles as to how it's going to work. But at the moment, um, yeah, at the moment Kalasinac is out. Um, I haven't actually got any Arsenal in my team at the moment. That's crazy. I'm thinking maybe, well, maybe it's not. Maybe actually. Lacazette. I don't know. I mean, with, Lac- with Lacazette, I mean we've got we've got a Watford away, Everton away, who are no great shakes at the moment, and uh, Swansea at home. I think that we will do something. Bellerin has performed above all expectations. As you said earlier, I got him in as like a hipster pick, <laughs> and uh, he he's gotten me you know two bonus points plus the in the first game plus the assist and the clean and the uh, bonus last week. So I'm seven points up. Quite happy with that. And um, for me, it's Bellerin out of those two. At the moment, it looks like he's the man who's performing. Now I've said that, I'm sure he'll stop performing. I guess kind of moving forward in our teams a little bit, um, PM me your Vulvasaur on, on, on Reddit, uh, whose name I couldn't wait to read out on the pod, um, said, with Morata looking more and more out, and this is also linked to a couple of questions we got from Dorsey182 and also from FPL Footballer, Hazard. Is it time to look at Hazard? I mean, he's completely under radar. You've only got 3.4% of the managers owning Hazard. Only 20,000 have brought him in this this week. Um, if you have Ericsson, if you have Ali, would you be looking at Hazard? Well, possibly. And, you know, like we talked about Chelsea's fixtures and how great they've got Crystal Palace next. And you know what? Crystal Palace are just absolutely horrendous right now. They're yeah. complete, complete and utter state of a team. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Hazard delivered the points. I know... Um, one of our guys, Marco, uh, he he's uh, got hazarding on his wild card potentially. So uh, you know, he's, it's an option. Um, you know, obviously Hazard's you... trolled me in the past, but I'm always a big fan of a Chelsea midfielder. You know, I I love Lampard. You know what Hazard can do. He's like Kevin De Bruyne. You'd have him on your five side team without a doubt. He's just such a good player. But with Hazard, you've got that, you've got that kind of risk of him scoring two <laughs> a lot, and then eventually he will score ten or something like that. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, the other side of Hazard, the budget midfielders. So if the premium midfielders aren't working, what are the budget midfielders? Uh, Game week thirty eight on Twitter asks us budget midfielders who are the picks out of Richie Gross, Chupo, Ricarlison, 
Redmond Ugh. and Tadich. No Fellaini. No Fellaini. mentioned Fellaini. Madness. Um, so we, I think Chupo and Ricardo, out of the ones he suggested, Chupo and Ricardo are the ones they we are probably the, recommend. They are the two, aren't they? I mean, you've got Chupo, who's looking like a de facto number nine for Stoke a lot of the time, um, overtaking, uh, overlapping, sorry, uh, Hesse, who uh, appears to be too busy DJing in the reggae style. And uh, Richardson, as we said earlier, is taking a lot of shots and uh, I think they've got a couple of really poor games. They've got Arsenal and Chelsea, as I said earlier. But if he does kind of come through, he's probably the one I think I'd have for the long term. But I'm looking at Chupo, actually, Nick, for the short term. OK, yeah, Chupo is a good option. Um, we've, we've got to talk about Watford a little bit as well. And I think, as Den- Denny Ledger said on yeah, Facebook, dis- discuss Watford. Um, and I think um, you've got Ricarlison, obviously, we're discussing him. And obviously, Decore as well is another option not listed there. And he's, he's very... He's very cheap, and uh, you know both of those guys are are very impressive at the moment. The unfortunate thing about Watford, and I did think about bringing a Watford player in my wild card, is that the fact that their fixtures are are quite challenging. They've well, the got next, Ar- the next Arsenal two, yeah. and then Chelsea next. So you know, I I don't necessarily think that those guys are going to get the returns that you're hoping for from those games. Probably, they'll probably um, you know Arsenal and Chelsea might even keep clean sheets most likely. So yeah, exactly. I mean, at the back, so at the back as well, you've got the choice. You've got uh, Kiko Firmino, who was the number two defender for a little while after scraping 11 points in game week four. Um, but at the end of the day, well, Watford looking good. I think that Marco Silva is one of his managers that I think both of us probably trust but over Mark Hughes. I, I think, for yeah, sure. Milver is a, is a very Milver. strong Milver is a very strong manager. Marcelotti, as we, we were calling Marco earlier. I think we had a bit of a... <laughs> We had a bit of a debate on a, on WhatsApp about uh, the next Arsenal manager, and I was, I was extolling the virtues of Milva a little. So, uh, jo- Joe Prenter on uh, Twitter asked us, how many game weeks do you give an underperforming player? He's saying he had gross for three game weeks, got burnt, and he also had Richarlison, same sort of thing as me, had him in, did nothing, sold him, and then suddenly he started scoring. I just have said patience in the past, but I think three game weeks is, is enough often, time, time to get rid. If your player blanks in three game weeks, you know, by that point you tend to be seeing price falls as well. So, like, as soon as I start seeing those price falls coming in, I'm like, I have to get rid. I'm, you know, there's, yeah, someone, there's someone who's scored twice in a row at this point as well, and, you know, you've got to stick... Look at form with your team as much as possible. Like a few people, like for instance, kept the faith in Firmino because um, he'd obviously blanked for a few games. They're like Newcastle, he's going to score against Newcastle, and he obviously doesn't even start. So when you blank for a few game weeks, you start because of the poor performances, especially with an attacking player. The manager starts thinking about your place in the team as well. So you have to start worrying about rotation. So exactly, I mean, know. I think that you've got a few kind, of, you've got a, different, a few different typologies in the team. You've got the kind of the the, the players who are fixture proof. You've got your Harry Kane's. You've got your your the Karkus, your Hazards. Maybe Salah would be in that. Bavis, yeah, Alonso. Yeah, that is, that's a good counter argument because we talked a lot about Harry Kane. We had him in start. Obviously, we know he doesn't score in August, and so maybe we won't have him in from the start next season. But no, that's actually <laughs> after, after that was this, a Wales vagina, wasn't it? Exactly, <laughs> Kane got zero goals. Um, in August, but he got 13 in September. So you know, like patience with Harry Kane. But if it's like Chupo Boating and he doesn't score for three games, then maybe you get rid. Of yeah, then maybe you're probably looking at get a kick in them from your team, aren't you? Well, I hope that answers that, Joe. Uh, next, we've got uh, 
Relativity Coffee, who, and this is one for you, Nick. Who are the best enablers? So he says, you know, you've got Perea at 3.9, you've got Hunimeister at 3.9, Hunimeyer at 3.9, you've got Andy King, who was 4.4, you've got Lewis, King, Lewis Cook at 4.4. A true enabler is someone who's very cheap, but also starting week in, week out. So, like, Rob Elliott would potentially be an enabler, and we'd say we'd recommend him as a defender. Chancellor Mbemba, what happened to him? He was the perfect enabler, but he didn't even make the squad this game week. But I think um, I like I like Vimmer at his price point. I think he's yeah. a good enabler at 4.4. Yeah, you need, I think these people need to be starters to some extent, don't they? So King, King was someone I was looking at. He um, he actually rose. He was 4.4. He's now 4.5. Andy but, King, not Josh King. Andy King. But um, he actually got substituted at half-time for uh, Vincente Ibora. So, you know... Your man Ibora <laughs> yeah. at the start of the season. You, you were extolling his virtues. And, well, yeah. And that, well, that, that, that works out well. Uh, well, yeah, he's been injured. <laughs> but, uh, Your legendary eye for a player. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben Davis, I guess, could kind he of was, He out. was an enabler. He's not, he's not really an enabler anymore, I don't No, think, that's but. true. That's true. Well, I, I, so I guess your key, who do you have as your kind of, I mean, I've got um, Chalobar, who obviously is now injured. I uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who then got injured and now eligible. And I obviously also had uh, Elliot and I've got uh, Mbemba. Loftus-Cheek has been very good for Palace. Hasn't got any returns yet, but he does look good. Same with Tom Carroll. He's another enabler. Sermon, risen in price, but I don't. I, don't, I think he just got a lucky goal. Really, I don't know what yeah, he's doing in my team. Cork at Burnley. I just, I just caught the rise. Yeah, so you've got a few people. Well, who have you? Know. you if you have four, who are your four point fives at the moment? At the moment, is I've got Sermon and Carroll, but I might put RLC in. I just don't know. It's just because the ineligibility. Oh, it's only one week. I mean, yeah, it's one week. I'd maybe I'm being a bit silly. That. Maybe I'm being a bit silly there. Just bring him in. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, I mean, linked to that, we've got a question from uh, from NJ, part of the Lacazette uh, Owner Support Club. <laughs> Where does the best value lie this year in defence, midfielders, or forwards? Um, I think that's probably pretty clear. Defence. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be defence, hasn't it? I mean, the 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 dual output of offensive and defensive is just so um, unignorable I suppose I mean you you're so wise to have even thought of that in the beginning yeah for sure that was my argument and I looked <laughs> at kind of the, the numbers from last season and I saw like like the defenders are getting like the, they had the best points per value I talked about the points per value metric a little bit yeah. and like what they scored over the season versus I think um, Gary Cahill was top actually <laughs> yeah you're know, so. probably, probably happy you didn't bring in Gary Cahill aren't you oh yeah for sure yeah for sure so I guess his kind of follow-up question is quite interesting. Is what what's the what's the one name per position that you, that's the prime okay. target? Okay, so defense is Davis, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say goalkeeper Elliot. Oh, Plus, goalkeeper Elliot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or De Gea if you're a premium man. We oh yeah, we're, 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 we're talk, we won't talk about that. Yeah, no. risk risk aversion gone mad. Midfield. Um, I don't know about midfield. That's the thing. Midfield is a big question mark at the moment. So far, it's been Dilva, actually. It's been David Silva, hasn't it? Yeah. Again, a load of points that neither we, we, of us... We just didn't want to say the name because we haven't owned him. And neither of us even saw. That's, that's quite depressing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got probably Mo Salah to some extent, but David Silva's been incredible. Yeah, up front... Well, Harry, Harry Kane is the must-have. Yeah, Harry Kane's must-have, but I think in terms of value for returning is Lukaku. Because if you're paying 11 point whatever it is, 11 point five six seven, yeah. he scored every week. He scored. Yeah. He scored every week. Um, he has been a must-have, but is he a must-have anymore? I don't think he's must-have anymore. But I think in terms of him being value for money, you're going to get what you want out of him. The same with uh, Costa last year. I mean, he was 10 point wherever it was. He was still, he was valued because he was giving you more than two points every week. 
but I think that we just want more as FPL managers than the six points. We're, just, we're very greedy, aren't we? We are greedy people. And then finally, linked to that, is a question from Ross FPL, who asks us, can you succeed in FPL without a premium forward? It's very challenging to. In the absence of there being a good midfield, I can't see there being much value in in going without a premium striker, frankly. And if you are doing that, then well done. Hats off, you're a maverick. But at the same time, I'm not going to be joining you. <laughs> so let's move on to, to the wrap-up. Um, so next week, you're wildcarding, Nick. What is your team looking like at the moment? Do you even know? Is, is it changing week in, well, day in, of, day I, out? It's not changing day in, day out, but I kind of run through it a little bit. I've got Elliot and Krull potentially in goal. I've got um, the, the Vimmer and Vord. Vimmer and Vord. Vimmer Ward. Combo. Vimmer Ward, Walker. God. And maybe Mbemba, but I'm not sure about Mbemba anymore. And I've still got Alonso in there, keeping the faith. And obviously Babies as well. So one of those guys probably will have to yeah. come out of the team and figure it out. Uh, midfield, potentially Sermon and TC. Um, Fellaini, Salah still lurking around in there as well. And someone else who I can't remember. It's another uh, Silver. Um, yeah, Silver, that's it. And, <laughs> and then up front, uh, obviously Jesus, Kane. And then maybe Batshuayi, maybe Lacazette, maybe Lukaku. Maybe Vardy. Not who knows? To, no, no. Um, no, 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 not Ratface. Uh, <laughs> just anything you put on a teleprompter, I'll just to say yeah, Vardy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll do that in the future. Um, so for me, um, I, I'm stuck between removing Lacazette for, uh, for Jay-Z, as I said earlier, and we, we failed miserably in keeping his name, Jay-Z, haven't we? <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, it, it could be Mickey out for Sarno or, or uh, Sterling. I'm not going to get Silver in because basically in the gaping hole at the back, which is the league that we both are in and the one that I care about the most because I've got money on it um, everyone seems to own him above me um, so I can't do that so it's got to be Sana or it's got to be Sterling looking like Sterling because that means I can get Ricardison back in next week or week after next obviously so yeah that, that could be the case very good and there's a theme obviously to the pod there's a theme every week so congratulations to FPL Ginger for getting the theme last week which was Lord of the Rings Obviously, there's a theme this week, and we've dropped a few clues in, which we do week in, week out. Um, so, uh, that is it. Thank you very much for listening to us. We are Who Got The Assist. Find us uh, at whogotthesist.com, um, on Twitter, at WTAFPL, on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash whogottheassist. Please tell your friends about us, like us, subscribe, all of these things. We love your support, and we massively appreciate your support. Yeah, thank you very much. And don't forget, if you haven't already, to join our league. Um, our league code is 1538-17403. And if you're leading it, you might even get a shout out on the pod. We'll be back in game week eight for more action and we hope this assists you. Yeah, thanks guys. Take care. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.